4: It is the I Couple. I'm Chris. He's Rob. We're live from the Fox Sports Radio studios on a funky flashback Friday. Special guest coming up at the bottom of the hour. Rob, you remember Desmond Mason, former NBA player? Yes. Now he's a big-time artist, uh, and you might remember that. I, I think I did a story on him when he was a player about his art. He, he really into his art. Did he win the dunk contest, Rob G.? Yeah, he was a dunk contest winner. Wow. Good player. And, that, and now he's player.
5: an artist, huh? Yeah. yeah. Contem- what kind artist. of art do we know? Contemporary or uh, I'm just trying to figure out what is he? I think it was contemporary. I believe it was contemporary.
4: Okay. Uh,
6: just yeah, curious.
5: We'll, we'll, we'll get into that with him
4: at the bottom of this hour. And we'll talk some NBA too. But um, Rob, let's start with uh, is Jackie Robinson Day all around major league baseball. Everybody's wearing number 42 beyond Jackie Robinson day. It's the 75th anniversary of when he broke into the big leagues, which obviously is huge. And, um, today though, in New York, uh, they also unveiled the Tom Seaver statue in front of City Field. The statue is phenomenal. Beautiful. One of the, one of the better ones I've seen, Rob. I really oh, feel no. that. Way. They're all and, nice. And, and they really captured the that's Tom
5: Seaver's motion. Yep. You know, Chris. And, and I grew up, you know, in Queens, and I used to take the number seven train, the E-train, to the number seven train, to, to, to the old Shea Stadium. Me and my buddies, all my friends we grew up with in the neighborhood. My team was called the Black Cats, Chris for five dollars in those days we go see what because they were called the black Cats.
4: <laughs> why they was that your team that was your little league name
5: that was our uh neighborhood team the black cats
4: that's gotta be so. Racist. y'all made that name up yes did you and play little league
5: yeah okay yeah that was that was the team before little league started like, was anyway, anyway, your team in your little neighborhood in the, the neighborhood back then teams. yeah right, right. you know that you used to have teams like right. that um but but in those days we used to go watch Tom Seaver pitch. When he pitched, Mets had a chance to win, so it was a big deal when Which he was, was a pitching. Rarity. Exactly, back <laughs> in the seventies, it was it was tough, and um, so I love the statue, I love everything about it. He should be honored. He's one of the greatest, the greatest Met, um, and he's a Hall of Famer. I, I can't say anything negative about Tom Seaver because he was that great, right but today the Mets made a mistake. Today was not Tom Seaver's day, Chris. It was Jackie Robinson day. And Bud Selig a number of years ago decided to do this when they retired every, you know, every number 42 on every team. Everybody today is wearing the 42 even in the Dodgers colors, Chris, no matter what color your uniform is. I mean, it's a special, special day. It's not just about baseball. And for you younger listeners, you need to just take a couple of minutes and really Google and watch something and find out about Jackie Robinson and what he meant and where this country was in 1947. Chris, it's 20 years before the Civil Rights Movement. You know how bad it was to be a black man in in this country in 1947? I I always say... I mean obviously you can't
4: overstate what Dr. Martin Luther King and all the civil rights titans did but you got to give props to Jackie Robinson and and other black athletes of that era. Yeah, because what they did to uh you know move African Americans into the mainstream, that can't be overstated either. Like without Jackie that that was a major part of race relations, it, it there are was. no ifs, ands, or buts about. It. Like you, people might say, "Oh, it was just a game; it's just a sport." Some of the people no. don't even watch right now, nah,
5: that was humongous. It can't be overstated. And, and the one thing is, which I loved in the movie Forty Two, and if you want to, you know, if, if you haven't seen the whole story, or you don't know Jackie Robinson's story, Chris, that's a good movie to watch. Forty Two. Right. Oh yeah, it really is entertaining and, as well as informative, and right both. And the thing I loved the most was they didn't try to make Br- Branch Ricky out to be a saint right. that he was going to change the world. Chris, he saw all these black people walking around Brooklyn, and none were at his ball game. Right. None. Right. Seriously, right. and he's like, "What? These people walking by, they got money. What? What, what yep. are we doing?" Yep. And he wanted to sell tickets, and they went and they got, and there were teams that that wanted to pull out of the league didn't want to play against Brooklyn the whole nine yards, and Jackie had to turn the, uh, his, the other cheek and deal with a lot. There's no doubt he, he had a premature death, Chris, from the stress and How what he went he through. How was he when he
4: died, roughly?
5: Uh, I've got to look at it again. I don't have the exact number.
4: Yeah, uh, but, but he did But die, you know he died
5: young. You felt he died prematurely. Yeah. Hey, it's
4: easy to look it up. I, yeah, I'll yeah, look yeah. it up now. But um, his widow's still alive. She, and I she believe, is right. amazing.
5: Yeah, she's going yeah. to turn
4: a hundred years old, Chris. Oh yeah, he was
5: fifty three, Rob. Yeah, he was young. Wow. I didn't remember he was that young. He was young. Yeah, she's a hundred. That's my age. She's going to be a hundred, Chris.
4: Wow, wow. I'm almost positive. Yeah, because he be... was born in 1919. Look at her. Yeah, look, so at, so look, she at probably Rachel. is going to be. Yeah. I think Rachel
5: Robinson is, is going to be a hundred this year, which is um, and she's she's great wow. looking. Wow, she she looks wonderful. She does that 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 wow. Am I right? Yeah, because I've seen her within the last
4: few years. You know, at at a game or, or some ceremony, and uh,
5: Chris. Wow, J- July nineteenth, nineteen twenty two. She's gonna be a hundred on July nineteenth.
4: That's incredible, and so she's lived fifty years essentially without Jackie. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um. And that's that's imp- that's powerful, Rob. Cause I had forgotten he died that young, but the stress on him and for him, he had to be I even hate that he had to go through this. Cause he should be able to he should have been able to just show the the full range of human emotion. Right. Right? If he's angry, he can be angry. But if he he doesn't like that somebody called him this or that, he could show like. That's what human beings, regardless of your race, should be able to do. Not that you're just running off going crazy, but, you know, like, you're human. And he couldn't be that while he was playing baseball. He had to always be at his A-plus game, right? I don't mean playing, although he had to perform as well. But he, think, Rob, we talk about the pressures on athletes today, and there are pressures on them. But he not only, he had to go out there and play great baseball because he was representing a whole segment of the country, a whole race of people. And, and, and everybody Chris, was looking at him yep. as the example and the end-all
5: for what blacks can and can't do. That's exactly what was on his plate. And black people flocked to the ballpark, Chris, when Jackie Robinson came to town. It became, you know, a part of... Uh, black culture and some of the owners, I remember reading the Tigers had a racist owner, Chris, who would quadruple the price of the tickets to try to stop black people from coming in when like Larry Doby, who right. was a black player for the uh, Cleveland uh, Indians, you know, and was the second black player in the major right. leagues. Like when black players came to Detroit, he would like, like, instead of it being 50 cents, it's two fifty to get in. Like, stuff
4: like that. Well, well, Rob, this is often talked about. You know this. Our good friend Bill Roden wrote from the New formerly of the New York Times. Uh, he was a colleague of mine there when I worked there. He wrote the book, $40 Million Slaves. And in his book, he kind of lamented, you know, you had the Negro Leagues back right. then. Um, and some great. I mean, obviously, you look at the the contributions of African Americans to the game of baseball. You know, it was great. You, you know, because all the great black players would have been in the Negro leagues at that time, right? So you know, you it know Hank Aaron played in the
5: Negro league, yeah, and then went yeah. to the major league and, and look what he did.
4: And you know, Rob, that the story is that Jackie Robinson was not the best player in the Negro league. No, he but was he was not. the one that they felt had the personality and the demeanor. And the credentials because of his education and everything.
5: He went to, to UCLA. You know, right. Yep. He, was, he was I very, hate to even
4: put it this way, to be acceptable to yep. white America. I hate to even put it that way. But, but that's, that's, the, that's truth. the truth. He right. wasn't
5: the best player,
4: right? Right. And, and, and he went and lit it up in Major League Baseball. But, Rob, people look at it, and and I know it's hindsight now, but you had, obviously, blacks in high places in the Negro League. Sure, they were general managers, managers. Right. They owned they, teams. Yeah, they were doing all that. Do you think, and again, it's easy to say in hindsight, but some people say it would have been better had they been able to negotiate instead of just letting Jackie, you know, hear, okay, Jackie Robinson's going in and suddenly, soon, more other players were going in and the Negro League's obviously disbanded. Right. Could they have negotiated... Like, you know, okay, a merger. Even though, obviously, they didn't have the stature and the clout that the major leagues had, but could they have done something like that? And we're I, just fantasizing right, right now.
5: I, but, I don't, you know, I where don't, you would have right. had more blacks in higher places. I don't think so in 1947, Chris, because of what we were just talking about, civil rights and how black people, you're talking about separate water fountains. They aren't going to come to the table and sit with black people and say, oh, yeah, you know, we'll pay you for a Jackie and we'll put a uh, Negro League team in the American Like, Like, no. Like, I, I, I'm with you. It would have been a great thing, but I don't think at that time it was— It would have been difficult. It, it might have been— I mean, yeah, it would have
4: been. You're right. Would it would have been, have been like, yeah. I mean, a, 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 almost a completely black team in the in Major League Baseball would have been. You know, it would have caused craziness. But money talks, you know. And they, like you said, Branch Rickey wanted that black money. He did. You he know, was in Brooklyn. And again, I, I I totally get it. It is easy to say in hindsight. So I'm not saying they should have done it. You know, no, you can no, all say no. they should have done it, but it's easy to say right now. But it's, it's just, you know, when you think about the things we talk about, not only in baseball, but all the sports, lack of black managers, lack of black coaches, lack Front of black people. owners, obviously, no owners, or very few owners. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's where... It would have been nice had it been able to be more of a partnership. Now, we would have had to stand up and demand it because they weren't going to give it to us for sure. Um, But, you know, it's just something to think about uh, when when you look at situations like this. Rob, I got a quick story too. My dad, I don't don't know if I ever shared this with you. My dad actually studied to be a priest, a Catholic priest. A Catholic priest, really? So for two years in high school... Two of his years, he went to seminary, Catholic seminary wow. to be a priest. And he was, you know, he was there for two years. He's popular. I've looked at all his photos. He was an athlete, right. you know, had a lot of friends and all that. And one of just a handful out of like 150 guys, only a couple African-Americans.
5: I was going to say, couldn't have
4: been. If not that, be I think, back, right. Your your if dad if been, even, I don't know I if he was the only say. one. He right. might have been one of two, Chris. You right. Know, oh, yeah. Right. Or maybe that, maybe the only one for all I know. But he, so he's a junior. So he spent his sophomore and junior year there. He's a junior, and one day he's in the gym, and a freshman says to him, "Broussard, why are you so dark?" My dad's slightly, slightly darker than me, and my dad says, "Maybe it's because I'm colored." You know, at that time, this right? Is right. The, that's the what 50s, you, that's what come, you identified right? yourself, right? right. And he said later that day, everybody was shunning him. Just he like He thought that. they knew he was black. He thought they knew he was black. And they didn't know until that point. Right. And so guys he was friends with. Stop talking to Cool with him. teammates. On the, yeah, stop. Start shunning him. Start giving him a cold shoulder. Oh, I didn't know They're having know a conversation. Story. He walks up to him. They leave like – all that. Oh, wow. So after two weeks of this, because, you know, they lived on the campus. Right. Two weeks of this, is he calls his parents. They come up, and he's sitting in the car with his dad and mom crying. Right. And one of his best friends, who was black, came there with him. And he's telling them what happened, and he's crying. And he, his dad, my grandfather, says to him, Son, everybody can't be Jackie Robinson. Wow. Come on home. Is that right? He, that, yep. That and he went home and now I'm thankful he didn't become a priest. Right. But, oh yeah. Because <laughs> you, you know you what? Know. I don't think you would be around. That right. Would be a, right. I that wouldn't would be, be a, around. If he was a, a good
5: priest, I wouldn't. Right. That would be a pretty liberal order if he was. <laughs> a, yeah. And wait a minute, you're a priest. How many kids do you have? <laughs> right, right. Right. Right.
4: Right. So it worked out. But yeah, that's that's wow that's a story,
5: man. That's and, a big and and story. that just like that, everybody can't be Jackie Robinson. Yep. Wow. That's what he said. To him. That's a great so, story. Yeah. Not, All right. Not, it's
4: the odd couple. Chris and Rob, look, Jackie Robinson Day. Call uh, us up. Share your thoughts. Uh, yep. we, we threw a lot out there. Um, You're turned away at 877 996 6369. It's the odd couple, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker. Weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
9: on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, it's the iCouple, Chris and Rob,
4: and if you're dealing with a dead battery, it's one place to go. It's called the Zone AutoZone. It's America's number one battery destination, offering free battery services like free battery testing and charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, go to AutoZone. Your battery solution and America's number one. Battery destination. We got Desmond Mason joining us in a few moments, but first we'll take a few of your calls. 877-99 on Fox, 877-996-6369. We're talking Jackie Robinson Day, 75th anniversary.
5: Hey, a buddy of mine, Rod, text from Denver, Chris, and said if it wasn't for racism, You wouldn't be around. Just think about that. (laughs) That is true. I mean, you know, you hate to hear
4: it that way. I know, but but that's crazy. Well, there's a scripture, uh, Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for them that love God. There you go. According to his purpose. So it worked out for good. Even that, what what was
5: meant for evil... God used it for good. That's right. That's the scripture too. Yep. All right, Shaq in Richmond, Virginia. You're on the Odd Couple Fox Sports Radio. What up, Shaq?
6: What's going on, Robin? Chris, how y'all doing? Good. good, brother. How are you? Pretty good, man. Uh, Rob, of course you know I'm fairly young. You know we met in person, but uh, yes. Like all I gotta say is, man, like everybody says, like they're, they're proud to be black. You know I'm black and I'm proud, but. And it just really gives me, uh, it humbles me to see and read and uh, research, you know, on a guy that really chose to, like, honor and and, and put us on his back, so to speak, to break down those barriers. And and now we got, you know, hundreds of millionaires of athletes, pro-black athletes, that are able to kind of be comfortable in their own skin because of people like him. So I'm just in a state of reverence and respect for him, man, because... You know, I, I'm sure that had to be tough. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think his brother, older brother Mac, was presented with the same kind of opportunity, but he was more militant, and he couldn't do it. You know, for obvious mm. reasons. Like, I couldn't take that. Like, is but- that
5: true, Rob? Do you know? Uh, his brother was was in the Olympics, though. I think his brother. Uh, we have a story up on MLB Bro, a video, Chris. Check uh, MLB com about Jackie Robinson's brother, who I believe was a, uh, a track star in the Olympics. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think he was a different personality, and that was the big key for this. You know this, and you brought it up that they had to pick the right guy right. who was going to be able to deal with what was going to come from teammates, from opponents. I mean, Chris, it could have been an ugly world where, if if guys did, I mean, this is how ugly it could have been. Every white pitcher that took the mound could have just been Jackie. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you didn't like, know what he didn't know what right. he was in for. Nobody knew what he was in for. They didn't wear helmets then, Chris, in nineteen forty-seven. Mm. If somebody really wanted to hurt him, they could have. Right. I mean, I think. Right. Like, like, like the spikes sharper. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there was a lot of things that, that he, he didn't know coming up to the plate. You don't know what guy is just like some crazy guy said, oh yeah, watch and see. I'll take care of this myself, you know? Oh yeah, so, absolutely. So it, it was it was definitely fans.
4: Fans could have done anything. Fans could have done stuff, during a Chris. game, after a game, before. Like
5: no, it, it and you crazy. also know that like the hotels wouldn't let the Dodgers stay because of Jackie and his teammates right. in them. They would change hotels. They wouldn't eat. They'd have to eat. Jackie Robinson would have to eat in the kitchen of the restaurant while his teammates were in the dining room. It was it was awful.
4: Rob, a lot of our listeners, particularly those who, or mainly those who are white. Or non-black won't know this. But, you know, like my mom, her family, they grew up in Louisiana. She grew up in Louisiana. And, you know, when they would drive to see relatives in Arkansas or or some other state, Chicago, uh, they'd have to drive at night. They would drive at night because they couldn't stay in hotels. Right. So you you'd have to you know you'd have to set everything up because you couldn't just stay in a regular hotel and obviously you had some black hotels and stuff but, but they, they weren't, weren't everywhere. they were few and far between right, right. It they wasn't weren't like, everywhere you didn't have one in every all city over the place. exactly right right so yeah man it, it I mean it I didn't realize he died at fifty three yep but when you think of all we know about stress and everything like that how it can impact
5: you man you can imagine what he went through man. Having to hold it all in. Yep, and he did it and and, and excelled as a player. He wasn't just like a That's the, the thing, head. too. That's the thing, too. He like, was a great player, Yes, Chris. you could have
4: understood if he had just struggled. Right. Right? Like, he just couldn't play well in those circumstances, and yet he was able to go out there and be phenomenal.
5: And we talked about it. He won his first year, the Rookie of the Year. And remember, the BBWAA – had all I think all but one white membership, Chris, and they voted for Jackie Robinson uh, for yeah, the Year. Yeah, that I
4: gotta get him some credit. I don't want to give see him credit, him just I know, him,
5: but you gotta get him credit for that. Am yeah, I right that, back yeah, then you all get the white him, sports writers right. voted for You know, not I don't I don't know if it was unanimous, but I'm just saying, but he right. he was elected.
4: Right. No doubt. So, all right, we got Desmond Mason joining us in a moment. But first.
0: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
9: I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast. This is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth Our next guest uh, played
4: in the NBA for many years, uh, 10 years, and now is a successful artist, also won the Slam Dunk competition. We welcome in Desmond Mason. Desmond, how are Desmond, you, man? Desmond, what up?
10: Man, I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're,
4: We're doing are great, great, man. It's great to have you on. And I remember, I, I don't remember who I was working for. I don't know if it was the New York Times. It may have even been Akron Beacon Journal. But I did a story on you while you were playing about your art. And now you've taken it to a whole nother level. Tell us about, you know, you as an artist, what type of art you do and and how, you know, what you're doing with it right now.
10: Yeah, no, I was uh, I've been an artist since I was about nine years old. I've uh, progressed from sculpture to ceramics and then. College, I learned. You know, I got more into drawing and painting. Um, during my MBA careers, I became a a exhibitor and then also a collector as well. Um, so I would do shows for local charities, things along those lines. And toward the end of my career, I started doing for profit shows to see what it would be like to uh, and, and and invade that space life after basketball. So when I kind of felt like that I was um, done playing, I was able to walk away on. Um, what I would say my own terms um, to go into the world of art. I've done it for about five or six years for profit. The last part of my career, and uh, and then that's where I've been. I've been touring now, all throughout Asia, all throughout Europe, um, all over the United States, and and, uh, and the Caribbean, and also in Mexico as well, doing exhibitions every year. Um, but now we're just we're we've kind of progressed it in the world of NFTs, which is obviously mm. the the new world of art. Um, I think everybody's heard about it. People are still trying to figure out what it necessarily is. Um, But um, we're kind of in that space with collegiate athletes, my agent Roger Montgomery, who was my – I was his first client. He was my agent. We did my career together. And uh, and now we're doing business. um, Life after the game, now this is 22 years later, Um, we're doing business. And uh, we brought our friend Chris Rutherford on along with um, one of my designers, Albert, and we are – Man, we're just we're doing it for the collegians. Um, we're doing it for the pros uh, and all sports. Kind of creating residual income because not everybody gets the the blessing to be a professional athlete. I was one of the lucky ones, but there's a way to just kind of uh, continue to brand build and uh, you know become uh, become successful beyond that. And so our company, Nosy Creative, is what we founded. And I mean, we, we're enjoying it. This has been so amazing, um, but we're enjoying being able to create. Um, teach and and learn ourselves for the next generation of not only athletes but entrepreneurs as well.
5: I I You said something that connected with me because I was nine years old when I realized I wanted to be a sports writer. And at nine years old, that's just not, you know, and you with the art at nine years old. And how did you, you know, like – how did you make that happen for some younger people who might be listening? Because, you know, everybody's playing sports, but you didn't let that go, and you kept that apart. I think too many younger kids today focus in on one thing <laughs> rather than, you know, like you can do more than one thing. You're not just a basketball player. You're not just a football player. You know that you can have other things, and then, as you did, you know, go into that after the, that that playing days are over.
10: Yeah, I think that's that's really I mean, one you hit on a, a point. I, the irony is, I just had a uh, I just spoke to a school, really really small school. We're talking a class B, low one A school here in Oklahoma, um, and this is a town where I think there's you now a handful of red lights, um, a couple yeah. stop signs, some cotton gins. I mean, this is a small town, and a lot of these kids, you know, they didn't. Not, I mean, me being a professional, athlete, I was one of the blessed ones, but. You know, I'm not a Kobe Bryant. I'm not a Michael Jordan and those guys. But to them, in their world, they never get to see it. And so that's what I was to them. And so I spoke to them about how important it is to kind of, quote, unquote, diversify your life, not just a portfolio when you make money. Your life as well. And that means when I was young, I played every sport. I was diversifying my life when I was right. young. But right. people get to the point now where they feel like they need to hyper-focus on something, and when it doesn't work out for you, it's just pure tragedy in your head. It is. Mm, because cool. you didn't give yourself an opportunity to see what you were really good at and great at. And so I talk to kids nowadays about not being scared to step out um, and really uh, you know, express who you are, whatever it is, singing, music, um, drawing, painting, whatever it is, dancing, um, apparel design, just expressing who you are um, as an individual because... You never know who you can truly be if you don't kind of put it out there. Sometimes the fire gets put out yep. prior to us adding fuel to it. And, and I think it's important for adults um, and, and general population, but also those kids, I try to teach them to don't be scared, but um, diversify your life. And I think that's important. That's a great no, message. That, that's, that's absolutely a great, a,
5: a great Chris and I and talk message. about it all the time. We've got to stop this <sighs> Digging into one thing and that's all right. you are. Just not. It's ridiculous.
8: Right.
10: It, right. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, again, I've, I've seen it over and over and over again. Like I said, I I was studying at Oklahoma State to be an art teacher. I just I, wow. I, I worked my butt off in basketball. Um, I was coached by one of the greats, and Eddie Sutton. Um, and I wanted to be an art teacher because NBA didn't seem like it was in in my future. My freshman, sophomore year, but by the end of my junior year, it was. It was starting to become a reality. By my senior year, it was a reality. I wasn't on a first round, second round draft board, but I knew I could outwork anybody. Um, so I was prepared for it. And so I think all that hard work, uh, my years in the NBA, I was very coachable and I played for some great coaches, Nate McMillan, Terry Porter, George Carl, uh, Paul Westfall, some great coaches, um, and with some amazing players. I think that prepped me for life after basketball. So even going out into this venture with this new company, with, again, my agent, who is my family, my brother, um, you know, for, 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 for him. And I said, my brother, we've, we've been, we've been through all the things and then. but um, to do this now, it's like me being a rookie in the world of business. And, and I'm very prepared for that as is he and the rest of our team. So we're just excited about it, man. And and we're being able to um, teach the next generation of, of whatever it is, our, our artists, entrepreneurs, athletes, um, and create what we like to say is, is residual income, which a lot of people forget about—low-hanging fruit. I mean, right. you can you can make a great life for yourself if you have a good thought process, for sure.
5: There
4: you did go. you? I'm sure you knew of a lot of guys in the league who also were artists. Did you? Uh, you didn't play with him, but Allen Iverson. I did a story on him for ESPN the magazine, and he could really draw. Now, I'm not saying he was on wow. your level. But he drew caricatures. And, and to yeah. the point where I was like, he could actually do this after his career is over if he wanted to. Were you aware that he was an artist um, or were there other guys that you encouraged that you saw talent in in the league to try to get them to, you know, like you said, explore these other
10: avenues? Man, there was, uh, it wasn't, you know, one, I didn't know that about by Alan, but there was definitely guys that, that I knew had talent. You know, and I'll just kind of you know, blast off a couple. Tyson Chandler is an amazing photographer. Mm. Uh, most mm. people don't know that. Kevin Durant makes beats. Like, I mean, he is like a, a college he's style nice. producer. Like I said, he's making the Oh, He makes really good beats, for sure. Wow. Okay. Um, um Joe, Joe Smith, when I played with Joe in Milwaukee and in Oklahoma City, Joe Smith, is an amazing rapper. Like, I mean, he, and he writes everything himself. I mean, he's a really good, and I'm a, I I love, remember he made
4: music. a song when he, yeah, I think man. in Cleveland, yeah, when they were in the playoffs.
10: He's a, he's a good, I mean, he, he's very good at that. Um, you know, Vin Baker, probably one of the best singers I've ever been around, along with Victor wow. Dola Depot. Those guys can sing their butts off. And so there was a lot of very, very talented guys. The issue is, is, and I kind of broke, I don't want to say I broke the mold, but I just kind of broke out of my shell, is we've been so successful at something for so long, failure is not an option.
6: Mm, and, there you
10: go. and you never and you never know um if you're gonna get the feedback you want when you kinda put yourself out there and it can break you. Right. I mean it's tough. And so I did it in Milwaukee where um I did a show and I had a Chicago critic come in from the Tribune and and I knew Milwaukee, Chicago, we didn't necessarily get along in those times in sports. <laughs> so if he was gonna give me a good review, it was gonna be legit.
6: Right.
10: And he gave me a good review, and that's when I knew I was like, I got this. I, I can do this. Wow. And Bart, that was it for that's, me.
4: That's great, man. Desmond Mason, uh, check out his art. Where can they check out yeah, your art if, and, if and tell us man, Yep.
10: it uh, is? My, well, my, my, my personal stuff is dmasonart.com, and, and the one thing I'm very, very excited about, like I said, is because we're doing it with universities, individual collegiate athletes. Is a company called Noci Creative. It's N-O-C-I, creative. And, uh, and it's in the space of, of the, the metaverse digital artwork, obviously NFTs, which is the new wave. Um, and so we're doing it for um, kids to, you know, it, it's, it's some NIO situation, but mostly for me, it's creating artwork for them that's residual income forever. It's, it's ongoing, and it's, it's like yeah. owning masters of music. And so that's my goal is to create residual income um, along with Roger and Chris and, and the rest of our team, creating residual income for these uh, athletes and, man, we're we're proud of what we've uh, accomplished up until this point. And so, man, thank you for having All me. All right. Yes. Yes, really
4: Yes. Thanks a lot, brother. Good luck with everything.
10: Yeah. Absolutely, man. You guys take it easy, bro.
4: All right. Broussard's Fab Five is next. Odd Couple, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Be sure to catch live editions of The Odd Couple with Chris Broussard and Rob Parker weekdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
4: I love Ring My Bell. Anita Ward, Right.
0: That's right.
5: Yes, sir. Yes.
4: Rob was, what was this, your wedding song, Rob?
5: Yeah, right. I was like seven, but this
4: was a jam. (laughs) All right, we're the Odd Couple, wrapping up a funky flashback Friday. We're brought to you by one of our favorite cities, Vegas. Your home for live sports. Rob is there now, and that means all sports. Every game, match, race, and competition is always on. Now, go on and plan your trip at visitlasvegas.com to see the best and brightest in Vegas, the greatest arena on earth. Rob, we're going to wrap it up with Broussard's Fab Five.
1: Are you ready?
2: Hope you can take the heat like LeBron.
1: We're going big. It's go time. It's Broussard's
0: Fab Five.
4: All right, look, these are the five players with the most at stake in these playoffs, and I'm starting here.
1: Number five.
4: Kyrie Irving. Wow, Kyrie. Yes, wow. Kyrie. Here's why. Kyrie is like your favorite player's favorite player. Kyrie's Jada Kiss. You know, Kyrie is dope. Oh, street ball, legend. Everybody loves him. Best handle ever. Best finisher ever. Uh, you know, all the just phenomenal. But real questions are out there. Does Kyrie can he play winning basketball without LeBron James dragging him to it? Boston didn't really go well. Last year, sat out just on a whim several times. Now he's playing full time. They got the talent to do something in the playoffs. Let's see what Kyrie does. He can seal his legend with a great playoff run here, or he can just continue to be that, you know, that great underground player. You know, real nice, but not getting that. That uh, love at the highest level. All right, Number here we go. Four,
5: Giannis
4: Antetokounmpo. Here's why. Wow. Because if Giannis wins, he goes to another level, right? He's the definitive, hands down, unquestioned best player in basketball. He doesn't have a super team. He stayed and built it like Jordan. How high could he go? Like he would, he would become just the total man in the league if they win it again, and then the question becomes, okay, how many is this dude going to win? How high is he going to climb the ladder as an individual superstar? If he loses, sure, he's still great. Sure, he's still arguably the best player in the world. But, you know, he's just there with the top pack, you know, Duran and and Embiid, and they're all kind of jammed together with Kawhi or with uh, Giannis. All right, number, number three. three I got my man, Joel Embiid, speaking to wow. him. Wow. Embiid, look, everybody talking about Harden, and, and, and I. we just talked about him. Embiid hadn't exactly been Michael Jordan in the clutch either. All right, Embiid, you know, all those, think of those previous playoff losses, Boston, where Philly would outplay him the whole game, and then down the stretch, when it gets tight, Philly can't deliver. Well, Embiid was on the floor. It wasn't just Ben Simmons. It was Embiid as well, and I can point to a few moments this regular season when he didn't deliver. So Harden will get the bulk of the criticism. Doc Rivers will get plenty. It might lose his job, but we're going to look at Joel Embiid sideways too if they go out early.
1: Number two,
4: Chris Paul, CP3. Wow. Look, this he's 37 years old, 17th season. How many more chances is he going to get? They're the best team in the league. Offense, defense, best record. He played great. Got to deliver. Some of those reasons he don't have a championship, injuries to him, bad play, uncharacteristic, untimely turnovers and bad shots and misses. So Chris Paul got to deliver. Number one. James Harden. You know it. We talked about him earlier. All right. Reputation for shrinking in the big moments. Once a quarter of a billion dollar contract extension quit on his last two teams. He can erase it all with a big postseason or he can solidify that as his reputation for the next offseason if he don't get it
5: done. Rob, those are your five. I like them. All five of them. Very good. And uh, happy Easter to all, Chris Poussard. Yes, happy Easter,
4: everybody. Rob, have a great time in Vegas. And uh, we'll catch you guys next
0: week. Peace! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting
10: two young boys with her former partner, David.